0: Well, welcome to Pursuit of Purpose, where we are sharing our journey from pain to purpose and bringing you along the ride to see how God has really done a miraculous change in our lives. And I am your host, author, and speaker, and Kingdom Writing Coach, Indiana Tuggle, and I help people turn their pain, turn their genius, turn their testimony into a book for God's glory. And normally, you guys hear from me of how um I have come through a lot of um, ups and downs, trips and turns, and turn, a lot of what I've been through, such as um, molestation and um, low self-esteem and poverty and whatnot, how I have turned all of that into purpose. And when I say I, I don't mean I by myself. I mean how God has shown me how he has been able to turn things around for my good. Well, today I have another awesome guest um, here with me, and she is going to turn her testimony or or share her testimony with you guys and I'm just going to um, introduce her. Her name is Jacqueline Holness and she is a journalist with over 15 years of professional experience writing and working for um, an assortment of newspapers, magazines, websites and other um, publications and Jacqueline has turned her pain of being a single black female into a woman, a married woman of purpose, um, pursuing that which God called her to be, and she turned that into an author and a public speaker. So I'm excited to have her with me on today so we can talk about dating. And in um, and developing that relationship with God and dating um, with purpose. So help me to welcome Jacqueline Holness to the show. Hi, Jacqueline.
1: Hi, Indiana. How are you tonight?
0: I'm fine. How are you? I'm so excited to have you um, here. And I know I was kind of rambling through your bio because you got so much going on. You guys, (laughs) if you could see this bio she sent me, I was like, where is the abbreviated version? (laughs) Because she has a lot going on. She has been busy, busy, busy. So I can't wait for her to share um, part of her story so we can go ahead and get started. And just tell us a little bit about you, Jacqueline.
1: Okay. Well, as you said, I am a journalist. And the funny thing about that is that I've always wanted to be a writer. Uh, Since I learned how to read, I knew that I also wanted to write. And so uh, thank God that God planted that idea early in me as a child. And I went to the University of Georgia where I majored in journalism. And um, shortly after graduating from the University of Georgia, I did become a working journalist. And I worked at several newspapers uh, and written for various magazines. And back in 2012, I had an idea to write a novel. And journalism is very different. From, you know writing fiction so I had to mm-hmm. basically start from the bottom and uh, learn how to write a novel and then what the end result uh, was that of that was was my debut novel destination wedding uh, which uh, came out in December of 2019 and aside from that I'm also a fitness instructor uh, uh, run uh, one marathon. I run the Peachtree Road Race, the biggest 10K um, in the world every summer except for this year because of the coronavirus. It has now been postponed to Thanksgiving. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. My family's from Jamaica, but I grew up here, so I'm a first-generation American, and so that gives you some idea of my background and who I am.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, pursuit of purpose is all about sharing sharing our journeys and how we ended up taking um, the pain, or what shall I say, the lemons that life's thrown into um, thrown our way, and how um, we turned that um, God turned that around for our good. So, give us a little bit of insight into Jacqueline, the single woman, that kind of led you to um, begin even writing that book, Destination Wedding.
1: Well, what happened, okay, so let me just go back to the very beginning of my journey. When I was in my 20s, I'm 46 now, but when I was in my 20s, I did not necessarily want to get married right away. I had sorority sisters and friends who were getting married, and I thought it looked a little bit early to be getting married. But I did think as I was getting closer to 30 that I would like to meet someone and get married. My mother, um, she got married at 30 years old, which is a pretty um, older age for that time period. And so I Mm -hmm. thought that as i neared 30, that, you know, I would like to get married. Um, But as it turns out, even though I wanted to get married at 30, I didn't get married until I was 39, just a month Mm -hmm. uh, before my 40th birthday, as a matter of fact. But anyway, uh, once I did turn 30 and I realized that I had no prospect in sight, I decided, well, you know, let's handle this. And I'm a very uh, take-charge type of person. So I started, you know, reading books about, you know, how to date. Um, I started making sure that I was paying attention, you know, because prior to that when I would just hang out with someone, it was just, you know, for fun, you know, just dating for fun. And now I decided, okay, I'm going to actually date with a purpose, you know, and, and see what their intentions are. And despite my best efforts, um, eight years, well, no, I won't say eight years, i say six years went by, and every relationship that I had just seemed to disintegrate within a few months. And um, so I was just very, very frustrated. I felt like I had done a lot of work on myself. Um, I, Like I said, I read all these books. I had worked with uh, various counselors, Um, you know, I went to church service, I prayed, I fasted, all these things that I did, you know, of course, um, you know, I read the Bible, everything I could think of to do, I felt like I had done, and I remember in December of 2009, I had just broken up with this guy, or this guy had just broken up with me, rather, And it was a relationship, and I really wanted to work because we had tried dating a few years before. He had just gotten out of of a marriage, and so he really wasn't, um, you know, available for a relationship. But by then, a few years had passed by, and so now he he had healed from that relationship, and so now he was ready to really seriously date. And so we dated for a good three, two or three months, and then he decided that we just weren't compatible that way. So I was devastated. So... December of 2009. um, It was the Christmas season, and as you probably know, the Christmas season, even though it's about Christ, it's also a very romantic season. It's cold outside. Everybody wants to snuggle up. People are going to Christmas parties and looking really cute, and, you know, people are buying each other gifts, and so that Christmas season came, and I just felt very, very lonely, but it was almost the end of the month by that time, and I thought, well, I, you know, it's almost a new year, and if I could just make it to the end of this month, I'll be okay. And so, but I didn't. Uh, a report came on ABC News Nightline. It was called Single Black Female and Plenty of Company. And it talked about how 42% of black women weren't getting married. And it focused in on women in Atlanta specifically. And they uh, interviewed this one woman who, at the time, she was a um, – atlanta falcons cheerleader she was also running for state court judge because because she was an attorney in the metro atlanta area and they interviewed all these various dynamic and beautiful women and i thought to myself wow if a woman who is an atlanta falcons cheerleader who was running for a state court judge can't find a the man then what hope is there for me and so i was mm-hmm. just distraught at this point i said oh my gosh i cannot believe it um little did i know though that uh, I would start dating my husband two months later. And so when we started dating, though, that report stayed with me. The devastation that I felt seeing that report stayed with me. And I decided, what if I wrote a novel about these fictional black women who are similar to me in some respects, at least, and what if I decided to write about them and how they responded to the report? And that's how Destination Wedding came to be.
0: Awesome. So it's a it's a fictional book but it you kinda base it on some real life statistics um that could really truly happen um with women who were single and professional, um and things like that.
1: It is a fiction uh book. It is a novel. However, as you stated, it is based on a real statistic that, you know, 42% of black women uh, have not been married. And I also tried to incorporate as much as, as much realism as I could in the book. A lot of people have said it, it, it reads like a nonfiction book in some respects.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell us, what are some of um, those lessons that you learned um, over um, your 10 years of, of of not having any prospects that you included in your characters in that book?
1: Uh, well, one thing that immediately comes to mind is that, you know, in the 10 years that I was dating, Um, I, I was able, because I had this very lengthy list, and this was also mentioned in the report, I had this very lengthy list of what I was looking for in a man, but as the 10 years went by, I was able to distill that list into a few qualities. And then once I was able to see these are the qualities that I absolutely have to have, I was able to broaden my horizons about who would actually be a suitable candidate because I thought that person had to be a certain type of person when in actuality if they had a few key traits all the other stuff I could just leave up to God. And so that was one thing that I tried to convey in the book that if a person has a few key traits, then everything else you can leave up to uh you know, the
0: surprises of life, I guess to say. So basically you were saying that um, when we we look at our list, and um, I talk about that too in um, my book, Save Single and Frustrated, is when you look at your list, you have to know what are your um, deal breakers and what are your must-haves, you know. And when you look at your must-haves, Everything else should be, you should be able to um, compromise on it or everything else shouldn't be um, important. And I feel like that when people date nowadays, that list is such a defining factor that people don't really take the time to get to know people. It's it's almost as you're having dinner and you're sitting down with somebody with a notepad that's just sitting here asking you questions and checking boxes off a list. And you're like, but what about the person? <laughs> what about mm-hmm. the personality? And sometimes I feel like um, as men and women that sometimes that list can um, cause you to Put not only the person in a box, but also can put you in a box because you can come off as somebody that you're really not, based on those items that are on your list.
1: I, I, I agree with you. I think you know. I think a list is like, for instance, if you decide, okay, I would like to get married. I think a list is good to kind of get your get started on your journey to kind of weed out. The totally undesirables, because for me in the beginning, I um, was—I guess i guess I just have to be blunt. I was led most of all, probably by lust, if I had to be honest. And not to say that you shouldn't be uh, attracted to your mate, because you absolutely should. But you should gauge where that attraction comes from. And so, my list in the beginning of my journey um, was able to help me weed out a total um undesirable, so to speak. And then once I had been on the journey for a while, you know, these were the I knew that there were qualities that I needed, but I kinda kept them in the back of my mind and allowed God to un, un- unwrap the gifts that he presented to me <laughs> as I did. So
0: Absolutely. Um I've I've found it on a couple of times that I've 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 been out on dates and um, and you meet people, and and you and 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 it makes you kind of feel impersonable, you know. And and even me, with me knowing that I have my own set of of preferences and um, values and things like that. But when you meet somebody and and it doesn't work out because oh, you do this and you do that, and I don't like people who do this, and I'm like, you didn't even have a conversation with me about it. You was just like. Uh, I, I don't like women who do this, so I'm moving on to the next one. And I was like, "Wow, it really, <laughs> it really kind of makes you kind of pause, and it makes you feel like, um, inhuman almost, you know, um, for it, it and not to." You know, and not to down anybody for their preferences because we all have them. You all, you know, you all have something that you that you that you like. Some things that are deal breakers, but there are some things that I feel like um, can be compromisable, That I feel like love can make people change. You know mm-hmm. that people really, really overlook the power of the one. The power of the right person and how they can come in and, and 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 help make your life better because when you have somebody when you have love on the side, you almost change anything for the right kind of love, so well, I feel like go ahead, go okay, ahead, I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt go ahead no, so um so I feel like some things that we have on a list that we're sticklers for we're we're overlooking and we're allowing them to make us um, miss out on um, a really good person.
1: I agree with that. And I was I read in some books years ago that, you know, sometimes lists force you to count people out when you should make your best effort to count people in. And so that really stuck with me because, you know, it is important to have some things that you're looking for. But if you're constantly – you know, saying, okay, no, he doesn't fit, no, he doesn't fit. no, he doesn't fit, well, who fits, you know? So you do have to look for reasons to count someone in rather than count them out.
0: Absolutely. Um, What's another lesson you learned?
1: Um, Let's see. What is another lesson that I learned? Well, um, there is a scene in my novel which talks about the women and how they dress. Mm -hmm. And uh, one woman in particular wanted to redo her wardrobe because she noticed that most of her wardrobe was business-oriented and not really um, oriented toward dating. And so I have a girlfriend who, when we first met her, uh, most of her clothing uh, were business suits. (laughs) And so we had to help her to incorporate more fun clothing in her wardrobe because, you know, yes, you can meet a man on the job, but you can't – well, I wouldn't recommend wearing a business suit on a date unless you were just meeting for lunch and you just happen to be in your business suit. You have to, you know, look like you want to flirt, you know, and sometimes that means wearing bright colors. Uh, you know, wearing things with frills, you know, looking girly. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't mean to be uh, chauvinistic or old-fashioned, but I do think that as a woman, you have to present yourself in in a womanly way, you know, and that means, you know, taking time with your appearance, uh, wearing bright colors. Uh, I do think, you know, those are lessons that I learned in my journey to really pay attention to how I presented myself as a woman, if that makes sense. So that's another lesson that
0: I learned. That's that's a very interesting um, point um, with it because um, today we have, there's a lot of conversation around feminine energy. And when you think about your feminine energy, if it starts with your appearance, you know how you dress, how you wear your hair, whether or not you're smiling, and if you think about your attire, it does kind of make sense that when you're going out on a date, people do want to see the after five you you know to make sure that you're um as you said flirtatious um that you're gonna have fun in general, you know because when you think about the business suit and what it represents that level of professionalism that level of 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 sticking to the rules and and um being cold and being in and, and being um. Having everything together, making sure that you say the right things and do the right things, and being mindful of how what you're um, what you're speaking is being portrayed to everybody in the room. If you think about a, a boardroom meeting, you know when you think about that, that's not really fun date <laughs> at all. No, it's not. No. And
1: you know we're you know you, women like in modern society and I and I agree with this to an extent. We're we're told that we have to be a boss, and I agree. Mm-hmm. You know you should be about your business, but when it comes to male and female relationships, I do feel that you should present yourself as a woman. You know, and mm-hmm. so that may mean that you are not wearing uh, black unless it's a black dress. You know what I mean? Um, you know mm-hmm. that may mean that you put on perfume. That may mean that. You know, you wear earrings that swing, you know what I mean, things that make you look like I'm a woman and I enjoy being a woman. And so, you know, I want to be with a man, if that makes
0: sense. Right. So <laughs> how, did you, how did you really discover that your attire made the difference in, in the type of feminine energy that you were putting out there?
1: Oh, you know that wasn't my specific lesson, but I've noticed mm-hmm. that others have had to um, have had to learn that lesson because I think I've been pretty good, uh, I, and I, and I've been told that over the years. I have one friend in particular who, um, she is a very uh, ethnocentric dresser, and she commented on the fact that I always tend to dress flirty. So that was not my particular lesson, but I have watched mm-hmm. other women learn that lesson and i think it's an important lesson and that does not mean that you abandon how you dress you know like you know i don't want someone to be someone else but mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say is that you have to incorporate like as you said as you put it so well it's the feminine energy you know what i mean you expect the man to bring the masculine energy so you have to bring the
0: feminine energy mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's nothing that that beats the softness <laughs> of a woman, you know, um, in the presence of a man, you know, and things like that. So you do have to be mindful of the energy that you're putting out there. And um, because nobody wants to even if you and there's a lot of attire that we have now that we look at um That could work both ways. You know, when you want to go from the office to happy hour, you know, what do you wear that (laughs) when by the time you make it to happy hour, you don't? look like you just came from work, you know, um, right. so to speak, right. you look like you're ready for a good time and you're ready to have fun. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. now there's a thin line between classy and trashy. Doesn't mean you that mean, you, you mean, go
1: I'm not trying to tell you to get trashy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just to accentuate what You have going on, you know, just to accentuate your femininity. However, you know, however you see fit in, as you
0: said, in a classy not trash way. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us how did you, tell us about the four women um, in the book.
1: Okay, well,
0: they are, they are four very
1: distinct personalities, and I did that on purpose because I wanted to make sure that I included a cross-section of women. So we have Jarena, who is the religious woman in the book. She uh, owns a PR company, 85 South. Uh, Public relations it's a hip hop PR company, um, but she also has this conflict with her faith because she's representing um, various rap artists who probably wouldn't be ca- call themselves Christian, um, but yet she does represent them. And then, and at the same time, she is a Christian. So she also she has a conflict going on in her professional life um, as well as in her personal life. In her personal life, she's finding it hard to meet men and so but she's a very um you know uh, take charge kind of person and and it has worked out uh in her uh professional life but her personal life she's having some issues basically tied to um some splits in her personality as i mentioned she has on the one hand she's representing these hip-hop artists who aren't christian on the other hand she is a christian Um, And so that's one character. And then we have uh, Mimi, who is the wild card in the bunch. She is a radio DJ. She is known for her antics. Although she is an educated woman, she uh, speaks in a lot of slang. So she kind of throws people off because she is educated, but she does speak in a lot of slang. She is crazy. She is willing to do whatever she needs to do in the moment. She doesn't give a lot of thought to what she does in the moment. And so she um, causes a lot of surprises uh, to happen in the book. We also have Whitney, who is a married character. Um, She uh, is an attorney. She's married to an OBGYN. She is uh, my Southern Belle, you know, because, you know, it is in the South, so you have to have a Southern Belle (laughs) in the Mm -hmm. book. So she is, uh, you know, What you would probably expect, uh, you know, from um, a woman who who comes, who's from the South, who lives uh, in Atlanta. And then uh, let's see, who else do I have here? Sometimes I tell you what you um, you write your characters, and then you can't remember everything when you need to. Uh, Let me see here, my other character. Okay, so I've told you about Jorena. I've told you about Mimi. Sonalda. I haven't told you about Sonalda. So, Sonalda is the boss that I was referring to earlier. Um, she wears business suits. She's most comfortable in business suits. She's always wanted to be in business. So, her whole persona exudes I am a take charge woman. She is very project oriented. Uh, And the ladies, they start a project called Destination Wedding, and that's to meet and marry men in a year. So she has determined that she Mm. is the project leader. She is very goal-oriented. So she says, this is my goal. She will do whatever it takes to meet that goal, and she is very competitive. And as a result, she is very rigid in her thinking. So those Mm. are my characters.
0: Awesome. And what are some of the issues that they had to encounter on their um, road to get married in a year?
1: Well, as I mentioned um, before, uh, you know, with Gerena, she has this uh, split personality. On the one hand, she's very religious. On the other hand, she's not. And so this stems uh, from some issues that she has that um, that happened to her from when she was a child. Uh, She has some family issues that come up. I won't reveal anything more than that because that would be telling you, you know, some of the surprises in the book. You have Mm -hmm. Zanalda who, um, because she is a very take-charge woman, uh, does not work in her personal life, and so she comes up against her need to always be in control, even when it comes to, uh, you know, meeting men. And it's funny because the skills that you employ in meeting goals Um, you know, professionally, you kind of have to turn it on its head to meet your goals in love. I mean, because so much of love um, is something that you can't control. So even though you can have personal goals for yourself, when it comes to love, you have to make room for things to just spontaneously happen. Um, So so Sonalda has issues with that. Because Mimi is so crazy, you know, when you are a crazy person and you can do anything at any moment, of course that's going to show up in your love life. And so she makes a lot of crazy decisions. And my Southern uh, Belle character, Whitney, um, she's already married, so she's not trying to get married. Uh, she's actually the uh, project consultant for her friend's destination wedding project. And so um, as the friends discover that even though she is the project consultant, she does have some issues within her own marriage. And so I've included her as a married person in the book so that people wouldn't think that I was pitting single women against married women because I do think that as a single woman you can have issues, but don't think that once you get married you have no issues. It's just another set of issues that you will have to deal with as a married woman. So... So that's basically, awesome. you know, some of the issues they come across
0: uh, in the book. It sounds like an awesome book. Now, I'm sure you get this a lot, as most fiction authors do get this a lot. So which of the characters are you? <laughs> or is it a combination
1: well, of Well, you know, I, I, I can't reveal that, but just suffice it to say, there's a little bit of me in every single character.
0: Mm. <laughs> in which characters are you? Which character did you struggle to um, develop the most?
1: Um, probably Whitney because she's the least like me. I'm not, she's really bougie, and I'm not. My husband says I am, but I'm not. And so that was really difficult because I just don't think the way that she thinks.
0: But I really mm-hmm.
1: try very hard to think like I thought that she thinks, and I think I was able to do that. So, but, yeah, mm-hmm. but she was the most difficult.
0: And who me. was the best one? Who was the one that you had the most fun writing?
1: Uh, well, I had fun writing all of them, but, you know, obviously if somebody's crazy, you could do anything. So Mimi was a lot of fun because she's so crazy, but I had fun writing each one. Each, each of the characters was fun writing. Even if, even if it was difficult, you know, for uh, mm-hmm. Whitney, it was still fun to write about her inside spite mm-hmm. of the difficulty.
0: Now, um, back to your own um, personal story, Um, did you find that it was difficult to um, navigate from being single to being married, considering that you were single for um, a long period of time?
1: Yes, it's a whole other education. As as of August, I have been married uh, seven years. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've had to unlearn a lot of things. And learn new things, uh, and you know, and it's 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 been a learning journey. I mean, um, it's funny, you know. I read this somewhere that if you tend to be happy as a single person, you will be, you know, happy as a married person. And so, I found happiness being uh, single, and I've also found happiness. Being uh, married, but it's a whole other set of rules that I've had to acquire, and I'm still learning. I mean, uh, it's you know, it's you know, I grew up with two younger brothers, right, and a father, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I know how to be around men, but I've never been married to one, so it's you know, it's a whole other education learning to actually how to be married to a man versus how to relate to them as just your father or your brother. So it's been very interesting to see how men work when you're actually
0: connected to them as your husband (laughs) versus your brother or your father. Can you Mm -hmm. give us an example of that because that sounds interesting. Um, I'm
1: trying to think. Uh, Well, okay, for instance, you know, if my brothers are getting on my nerves when I was growing up, I would just say, well, just leave me alone. You know, get out of my room. I don't want to talk to you you know, leave me alone, you know, and thankfully because there was two of them, you know, they could just play with each other. I'm the oldest. But, you know, when you're married to your husband, you can't say, you know, get up out of here, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, you have to work with them. You know, you you want to be in relationship them you have to work with them so when you are mad with each other you have to figure out a way to make it right you can't just say you know don't talk to me I mean of course you're going to have moments where you don't want to talk to the other person but you know if you can continue to do that over the long haul you would not have a good relationship so you have to figure out a way how can we make this work you know Uh, you know so that's one thing I've had to learn
0: and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that one as your example because that is one of my greatest fears as a single and in dealing with or meeting a lot of single women who are still single um, later, you know, After 35, 40 years, I'm 43 and still single. But the longer that you're single, you begin to get so stuck in your ways and so used to um, having that alone time. And that's part of my personality. You know, as an introvert, I tend to do that. I tend to like my me time. I tend to like being, you know, alone. So a lot of people always ask me, well, what are you going to do when you get married? You ain't going to be able to... um,
1: just
0: Tell be yourself your to, um I'm sorry, what'd you say?
1: No, I'm saying just be yourself because I'm an introvert too and I need alone time and my husband needs alone time too. Um, you know, so a lot of times he's in his man cave and I'm up in my office and we'll be that way for a whole afternoon. And then we get together mm-hmm. that evening. So you you I mean that's where it comes to God matching you with the right person because, right. you know, God knows you're an introvert and you need your alone time.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, because I'm like – I tell people, I say, I don't know – I would not be a happy person if I had to be under somebody 24-7. I think mm-hmm. it would mm-hmm. just – it would it wouldn't be good for for neither of us you know um, to have I mean you have your moments when you of course you want to be up under them you know but um, there are also those moments where you're like you know what I'm I'm good you go do you and I go do me and I think that as like you said if you have somebody who um, who is com- you're just compatible with all of that will fall in line. And a lot of times when people, you know, ask me that question, it's because they're the opposite and I'm like, I ain't trying to date you, you know, <laughs> or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's it, a lot of times we we project our own um personalities and our own um, insecurities off on other people. And it, and it sounds unrealistic, but in reality, no, that's all part of compatibility. There's somebody, you know, out there um, for for you that is going to be that that not perfect person, but that perfect match, you know, that you'll be able to, like you said, be yourself, be who you are, and, and let the chips fall where they may. I think we, um, like I said, area we place, we place, we make it harder than it is. Dating yes, is so you're right. Now. I
1: do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, you know, that's one thing. Um, as I was dating, I noticed that my uh, husband to be at the time. Uh, I noticed that he had great respect for the fact that I need time alone to write or just to think. And just just the way he responded to when I would say things that had to do with my writing or whatever, um, I noticed that he had great respect for that. And so that made him a keeper. Um, in my mind, because I noticed that he respects that, and he is still that way today. He very much respects the time that I like to spend alone. I mean, he likes to spend a lot of time by himself as well. But he, but when it comes to the fact that I'm a writer, he really respects that I do need um, time and space to be
0: with me. <laughs> so. mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, is there um, anything else that you wanted to uh, relay to the audience before we get out? Well, just,
1: uh, you know, as I said, I, I, I am a journalist by trade, and I also blog. I have a blog, afterthealtercall.com, in which mm-hmm. I blog about pop culture, relationships, um, you know, a, a lot of topics, careers, whatever comes across, you know, my mind, but basically pop mm-hmm. culture. But I have a lot of relationships. Um, type of articles on there because for whatever reason people tend to um, want to read when I write about relationship type of matters so my website after the um is where you can find anything you need to find out about me so I didn't want to say that
0: Awesome, I mean relationships are kind of really big um, now especially when it comes to um, the pandemic that we have going on right now Um relationships have kind of been pushed to the forefront because people are spending more time together than they anticipated now. Um, And then also with, um, as you said, that statistic is still growing. There are still a number of women who are still single and desire to be married. So do you have any um, advice for those women?
1: Well, okay. Everything that I've learned I poured into my book Destination Wedding, and you know I hate to be like read my book, but I I am saying read my book because everything that I have learned, (laughs) I learned in my journey. I poured into um, the book. Aside from that, you know, reading you know literature that applies to relationships, I would say that ask God to show you what to do. I'm a Christian, so I'm always say start with God, and God will show you exactly what you need to do as far as where to start. You know, for me. It started with getting a mentor, someone who I felt could advise me about relationships. I'm a very, um, I work well when someone is um, working with me one-on-one. So that was one of the first things that I did was to get a mentor. But each, you know, each person is different. Each woman is different. So, but, you know, that I guess that's the best advice I can give for the start of the Mm -hmm. journey. There's more things I could say, but that's how you at least start off on the path, I think.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. It is definitely have to start with God because God is the one who can see what we can't and and especially when it comes to um nowadays preparing the single woman for marriage or preparing you to be the queen or preparing you to be the wife, that is hot topic nowadays. That is a whole business model, um, for some people and I'm not, you know, pouring salt on anybody's business, but I feel like we have to get back in relationship with God and allow him to lead us. Um, I know when I wrote my book, Save Single and Frustrated, that was the reason that I was so frustrated is because I kept going to so many different people and magazines and books and everything for advice and trying to figure out, you know, why am I single and why can't I find anybody? And when I finally sat down and, and got in the presence of God And he had to show me me. And I learned that even though I wanted a husband, I wasn't ready to be a wife. You know, there was some Mm -hmm. things in me that um, I needed to work on, that God needed to work on. And there were some areas that I needed to heal. And and when we mentioned the list, one of it, it was how the things got on the list. So for for mm-hmm. many people, we create these lists and we don't even know how they own them and why they're so important to us. And at All some right. point, if you don't know why something is important to you, then you don't know what it looks like when it's presented to you. You know, so you're sitting up here asking for something that you have no idea what those characteristics look like. And then a lot of times we're asking for something that we're not even ourselves. You know, like spirits attract. So if you're asking for something in somebody that you can't exhibit yourself, why would they be attracted to you? You're right. you know so we right. have to um in 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 making you know those lists and, and trying to um look for the perfect person we have to make sure that we're busy being the right person am i do would i date me <laughs> would i marry me you know right now and if the, if you take an honest look at yourself and see that you're not in a place where you need to be, you know, whether that's mentally, spiritually, financially, professionally, wherever the gap is, begin to work on that. And then as you go, as you grow, the right person will come along. Because I was telling a friend today, nobody wants to get into a parked car. Mm -hmm. It needs to be going somewhere. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, and, and let us know where we're going. You have to be clear on where you're going, you know, in right. order for somebody to agree to um take that ride with you. So that would be, you know, my advice is to not to, to and I've gotten to the point to where now um God has been getting on me on, on reminding him how many years, because I'm always, God, I've been single for eight years. I've been abstinent for eight years. How long must I wait? And he's like, how? Why you? Why you keep reminding me how long it's been?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, so we <laughs> right. stop holding on to you know all these years and counting the time because it's adding right. to. Our frustration is taken away from our own happiness. You know, you can't be, how can you be happy with who, what God is doing in your life if you're constantly reminding him on, mm, this is year number eight, still ain't married. This is your mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. Such and such I still don't have this. I still don't have that. Especially when you're talking to the author and the finisher of time. God is time. So while mm-hmm. you count them years in his head, you may be on eight years and he gonna date eight. So exactly you making Exactly you mm-hmm. making yourself you're making the time prolong yourself by um by focusing on the wrong things. Focus on being the best you. And when you're the best you, you put out the best um you out there to attract the best you to you. You know, so um and that would be my advice is to um be the best you that you know how to be. And if you find that there are some areas that need to heal, um that need that you need to grow, then focus on that and pursue that. Pursue wholeness with every fiber in your being because God doesn't put two broken people together. I don't care how many memes we got out there that says He loved me past my brokenness or He loved me through my pain. That's a lie from the pit. Nobody wants to be <laughs> with nobody broken. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 No, nobody that's not that's not fun. That's that struggle love is, is not fun at all, you know. So work on you and um and be <laughs> the best you um that you know how to be. Um in this season, in whatever season that you're in, be content and happy in that, and, and the best will come. And before you know it, you'll you'll end up not even paying attention anymore. And when he comes, it'll be a surprise. You'll be so busy, you'll be like, uh, "Who are you? Mm-hmm. And where you come from?" <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 my biggest dream. That I'll look up one day, and he'll be standing beside me, and say, "Hey, girl." I'll be like, "Who are you?" How
1: about me? Right, right. Not the
0: color purple, okay. Yes, and um so I I I love that about um just relaxing and being in the presence of God and putting God first. And it sounds so simple. Um and, and it but it's really it sounds hard but it's really, really quite simple if we learn to focus on God and our relationship with God and being um who He called us to be. Um it would be, life would be so much simpler. It really would be. Um, I thank you so much, Jacqueline, for coming and chatting with us about dating and relationships and um, talking to us about your book, Destination Wedding. How can we get the book? Is that on the site as well?
1: It is, but you can find on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. uh, all of the various on-time, on- excuse me, on-time, yeah, it is on time, and it's online as well. Um, just
0: look at, you know, just Google it, and you can find it, so. Awesome. So be sure to go out there and grab your copy of Destination Wedding by De- Jacqueline Holness, and, and when you get it and read it, write her review. Don't just give people a book it. don't write no review. Leave a review yeah, and let yeah, her know <laughs> um, how you enjoyed the story. You know, I, I, yes, it's, it's it's Please leave us a review. We work hard for, um, to put these stories out there and these books out there. We need to hear from you guys. We need to hear how you enjoyed the book. Um, so that's the best thing that you can do for an author. Besides buy the book, write a review and tell somebody exactly. else about it, how you enjoyed it. That's, that's, that's yes, the best please. thing you can do for us. <laughs> that's the best yes,
1: thing you can please. do Yes, please. Thank you for mentioning that. That is true, very true.
0: Absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us on Pursuit of Purpose. As you know, um, you can always get in touch with me and leave me your thoughts and your concerns at Purpose 2019 at gmail.com. Again, that's purpose 2019 at gmail.com. And as I always say, please remember that there is purpose in your pain.